How much will the injury to Astros second baseman Jose Altuve change the landscape of the AL West? We'll answer that and more on today's episode of Locked On Mariners. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, March 20th, 2023. Happy first day of spring, everyone. This is Tidey Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast, brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your baseball franchise? Well, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebaseballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. Or you can scan that QR code above my head and it'll take you right to our Patreon. It is Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions. And we got about nine of them to go over today. So let's just hop right into them, Colby. First one comes from Brett says, obviously injuries are awful and I don't wish them on anyone. However, with the recent news about Jose Altuve missing several months, does this give the Mariners an early edge in the division race or does the Astros roster still edge us out? Love the show. Go M's. Thank you so much for the question, Brett. So yeah, so a few days ago during the Venezuela versus USA game and the World Baseball Classic, Jose Altuve was hit on the hand uh, by a pitch from Rockies reliever Daniel Bard, who just could not find the strike zone at all uh, that night. And it turns out that during the play, Altuve suffered a broken thumb, which will require surgery, and the timeline placed on him for his return is about eight to 10 weeks. Now that doesn't account for any sort of setbacks that could potentially happen. That doesn't account for his rehab stint. That doesn't account for you know, what he's going to look like once he gets back to the major league level. So this is a pretty big blow, Colby. And I said on Twitter when the news first came down that I think this could be a potential game changer within the landscape of the AL West. Do you agree? sure i'll say sure um it could be agrees with me on something yes i changed my mind no (laughs) um i i don't think the mariners roster is all of a sudden as good as the astros or anything like that um but it does certainly help seattle uh potentially you know, for at least a couple months, close the gap or maybe, you know, overtake the Astros and, and create a buffer. Certainly possible. The Astros are also dealing with injuries in their pitching staff. Jordan Alvarez still hasn't made an appearance. That's supposed to happen later this week, but we'll see. It's also a hand injury. So we know how those things tend to linger. Um, so it's, it's certainly an unfortunate event that benefits the Mariners, but I don't know how much. I don't know if it's enough to close the gap. Uh, it sounds like the Astros are going to roll with David Hensley and maybe Mauricio Dubon uh, at second base for for the time being. Uh, they don't have tremendous amounts of of near major league ready depth uh, in their system. But hey, you know what? Nobody's that never ma- mattered when they pulled Jake Myers out of you know where and, and he you know proceeded to 
have a 130 WRC plus season Chaz a few years McCormick, ago. Jeremy right. Pena, the list right. goes on and on and on. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, but yeah, obviously it's a blow, you know, the, the, we're talking about, you know, eight to 10 weeks. That's a third of the season. Mm. Um, and that's, if nothing, no, no setbacks and everything goes well. Uh, we're talking about a third of the season. That's pretty significant. So the Mariners, do catch a bit of a break here. We'll see if they can stay healthy. But the Mariners are one of the few teams in the American League, at least of the contenders, who have had a relatively stress-free spring. Obviously, the Dylan Moore stuff cropped up, and that's not great. Uh, Tom Murphy was scratched today. We'll see what that's all about. But the starting nine is pretty solid. J.P. Crawford's back at shortstop today. We'll see how that goes. Um, the pitching is healthy. So I, I think the Mariners are in a good spot when you kind of look at them compared to the Yankees and the Astros. Uh, but I, I still think the Astros are going to be fine. I think they'll survive this, but if you can get off to a hot start mm-hmm. and you can kind of create any kind of separation between now and when Altuve returns, it's going to make it, you know, all the easier, let's say to overtake the Astros to hold on to a lead. And, and even if you could just, you know, stay within arm's reach before Altuve comes back, that's really is a big benefit because you're not going to, I don't think that you can sit here and say the Mariners have a chance to win the division. If they're going to be, you know, heading into Memorial day, 10 games under 500 again, right. right? You just can't count on that. So you have to play well on your end and I'm sure the Astros will find a way to survive this. But again, you know, we're, we're one, you know, Kyle Tucker pulled hammy away from, or Bregman or Alvarez has a setback or, or, you know, whatever from mm-hmm. this playing field being, I would say pretty darn level. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, it helps the Mariners, but I don't want to say that they're, you know, it, it's a seismic shift and now all of a sudden the Mariners are the best team in the American League West. I'm not, I'm not willing to go that far yet. Yeah, this offense for Houston is still incredible, mm-hmm. uh, even with the loss of Altuve. And obviously Altuve is one of their main guys. He's their leadoff hitter. He's the guy that mm-hmm. sets everything up for the rest of that order, but they're going to be able to survive. And David Hensley is a pretty good player. At least he's proven so thus far in his minor league career. Uh, he's crushed pretty much every level of the minors, and he was really good in his 16-game cup of coffee at the major league level this past season. He was obviously a part of their uh, postseason roster as well. He slashed 345, 441, 586. So that's a 194 WRC plus in those 16 games that he played. But you know, this is really going to put to the test the thing that I talked about in our Astros preview the other day that uh, that I'm really concerned about. That's the lack of depth that this team has right now, and you mentioned it. So, you know, can they be able to sustain? Can they be able to survive an extended period of time without one of their better players? And in this case, it's Altuve. And again, you, you also mentioned it, that this is a pretty considerable amount of time that Altuve is set to miss, and that's not accounting for any setbacks that could occur. That doesn't account for how long his rehab stint is going to be. Like I said, so is David Hensley good enough to be able to make up at least some of the loss over that period of time? Who knows? Who knows? But that's a pretty big piece that the Astros are losing here. And like you said, this opens the window for the Mariners here. We talked about, you know, the Mariners having to keep pace with the Astros. This now sets uh, or this now opens the window for them to get out to an early lead in the ALS and hopefully create some separation here uh, before Altuve gets back and, before anything else might occur. So next question comes from Max. Uh, what or who would it take for you to both say yes to trading either Miller or Ford or both? Thank you for the question, Max. What do you think, Colby? Is there any player out there right now that you would say yes to for both Bryce Miller and, and Harry Ford? Cause I think that's the most interesting part of this question. 
Yeah. Um, before I forget, shout out to Dusty, who I met in spring training, uh, and his family. Uh, apologies, I've forgotten their name. Not good with names or faces, so if you run into yeah. me again, you'll have to reintroduce yourself. Ty will back me up on that. I'm really yeah, bad at jersey he's, he's numbers, not, yeah, faces. Jersey and, numbers is really bad. Yeah. 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 So, like, I mean, basically any Mariner short of Julio could walk right in front of me without his uniform on, and I'd be like, just a dude. Um, so so don't don't feel too bad. Um, as for trading Miller or for Miller and Ford together, I don't see anybody. I, I can't foresee anybody who might be available. I mean, you never know when like Juan Soto is gonna become available, but that's that's probably not gonna happen this year. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I mean, short of that, no, I like I'm definitely not doing it for for like Brian Reynolds is kind of the popular one right now. Mm-hmm. Definitely not doing it for him because you know, Miller can help me this year. And he can help me a lot and he can help me for the next seven years. Um, I think Miller is going to hop in the rotation and be pretty close to mid rotation right away. Uh, kind of what we saw from Kirby and kind of what we saw from Gilbert when they came up. I, I think it's very similar. Um, and we saw Miller, you know, again, in spring training. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went up against the Rangers a lineup. He gave up a couple runs and and that was it. You know, he, he threw, he, you know, he, pitched well mm-hmm. um, all things considered. So Miller's going to come up at some point this year. I would be shocked if it wasn't Memorial day or sooner. Um, I think he's going to be in the rotation. And I think he can help you and you're going to get him for six or seven, well, seven years essentially. Right. Um, so for me to trade Miller by himself, I would need three years of an all-star quality player, three full seasons of an all-star quality player um, to trade forward. I'd, I'd probably do it for two. Uh, just because Ford's a couple years away still. Uh, but I still want that all-star quality player because we know what the ceiling of Ford is. To trade them both together, I'm not doing that for for Brian Reynolds unless the Pirates would kick in like David Bednar, JT Brubaker, or Mitch Keller, mm-hmm. somebody who, somebody else who can help me this year. Uh, but as far as like who I think might be available this summer, no, I, I don't think there's going to be a player that I would feel comfortable trading Miller and Ford for. Yeah, because, I mean, whoever you add, how much are they actually going to be an upgrade over what Miller gives you? And, you know, maybe it's a, a vast difference in the the kind of player, right? Like, especially in a Brian Reynolds situation where you're trading for an everyday player, a guy that's going to play in your outfield as opposed to a guy that's going to take the mound every five days and, and Miller. But still, in terms of just the wins that they add, how many more wins are you actually adding in that deal? Uh, and is it worth sacrificing all the club control? Is it worth sacrificing the upside of what Bryce Miller gives you, not just by himself, but where, what he can do for your rotation as a whole? Because you know, we've talked about this, and uh, we talked about this on the episode that's going to end up dropping tomorrow for our starting rotation preview, that if Bryce Miller is as good as we think he can be, that makes the, the Mariners rotation incredibly dangerous. It gives them a very rare rotation uh in contrast to the rest of, the, of major league baseball so you know that upside is hard to ignore now you know don't get this misconstrued right like i don't think that the mariners like can't survive without bryce miller that they can't do what they want to do and you know win a division and win a world series without bryce miller in 2023 that's not what i'm saying here but it's really hard to ignore the upside of what miller can bring and let's just face it while we're very high on Bryce Miller, the Pirates aren't going to want just Bryce Miller. And if it's Miller plus Ford plus something else, I'm probably out at that point because I'm taking away from my 2023 roster. I'm taking away one of the most unique prospects that I've ever seen in my system. 
and more on top of that, that's a tough bullet to bite there. So, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting question and one that I'm sure we're going to explore a lot more over the course of the season as this team, you know, gets closer to the trade deadline and their needs become more apparent. But right now, as things currently stand, and for my expectations on, on Miller, I just don't know. Uh, there there aren't many scenarios here where I'm I'm open to the possibility of uh, trading him and trading him and Ford together. All right, we got more questions coming up here in just a moment. But once again, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Ultimate Baseball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing team finances, scouting and drafting players, managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want. It's basically the Jerry DePoto simulator. So instead of saying chills, DePoto did it again. You can now say chills. I did it again. Download it now and Locked On Mariners listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com, Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. Let's get back into these questions, Colby. Starting with Brandon, who asked, does Robbie Ray's uptick in velocity mean anything for the upcoming season? I mean, yeah, for starters, I mean, it means that he's in a much better spot than he was last opening day. Because him being in the mid-90s is crucial to him finding success and finding success consistently whereas like he just he just can't live 91 92 we've talked about this we're going to talk about this a lot on tomorrow's show with the starting rotation preview so yeah this is great news colby yeah um, i think you can live 91 92 you're just not going to get the dominant consistent dominant outings uh that ray got you know two years ago so uh, yeah, obviously, you know, going from 91, 92 for most of last year to 94, 95, 96 early in spring and, and carrying it through multiple innings is, is a pretty big jump. Uh, you know, maybe last year is is just, you know, shortened off season, kind of a weird off season. Ray just didn't quite get the buildup he needed. He threw a lot of innings in 2020. Maybe it was just general fatigue. I don't know, but uh, maybe he's tweaked some something in his windup or his his land or or something. Uh, but yeah, the velocity is is back. It's it's you know Ray's never been like 97 to 99. Like that's not who he is. But he is you know typically been 93 to 96 somewhere in that range. Um, and he needs it because he's still primarily a two pitch guy. Uh, we saw the splitter a couple times yesterday. It looked okay. Uh, he'll get some swings and misses on it if he decides to throw it. But Robbie Ray is, you know, his bread and butter is fastball slider. And if the fastball is playing up in velocity, it's going to get more value. Um, The slider has been sharp this spring. It hasn't been kind of the cement mixer. It was at the end of last year. Um, So the velocity is, for me, is kind of the cherry on top of what has been a really exciting spring. Uh, But, you know, if, if Ray was doing what he was doing and it was, you know, 92, 93 instead of 94, 95, uh, I think we'd still be pretty excited, but obviously the added velocity is is certainly 
um, good news. It, it's not bad news um, as so long as he can still control the fastball and, and so far so good. So um, I, I think, you know, you know, I'm going to make a declaration about Robbie Ray on tomorrow's show. Uh, but uh, I would just say that I am pretty close to all in on Robbie Ray this year. Good on you to make a proclamation, Colby. I do it daily. And in, in, inside, little inside joke. Uh, Will Lofton here says uh, or asks, "Do you believe the Mariners are most likely to write out Dylan Moore's injury? What guys would you be your top bet to fill the spots in house and in trade?" Uh, so, Will, um, I, I think they are going to write out Dylan Moore's injury. Do I agree with that? No, uh, but uh, not at all. But I do believe that they are going to ride this thing out, especially because. They seem to be convinced that he's going to be back within that two to four week time frame. I don't know how, considering that he's going to miss all of spring training and is going to need a rehab stint and a pretty extensive one at that so he can get his legs under him again because uh, he hasn't played in a real baseball game in, a, in quite some time. So that, to me, is really concerning. Um, in terms of guys uh, that could potentially replace his spot on the roster, I know that Sam Haggerty played shortstop, I believe, yesterday. Um, maybe it was the day before. Uh, so they're actually trying that. Uh, so maybe the answer is not as obvious as Mason McCoy, but that would be who I would think gets the nod here, um, especially for his defense, because McCoy is a pretty good defender. Who knows what you're going to get at the plate? Probably nothing. That's what I would bank on personally. Mm -hmm. I know he's had a pretty decent spring at the plate, and everyone wants to mention that, but it's spring training, and this guy has historically not been uh, a great hitter uh, in the minor leagues. So. Um, that's not something that I'm really willing to put any sort of faith in. We'll see if Tommy Lasella can play in the field. I, I think that he said that he was about 10 days away from doing that a few days ago. Um, so maybe if he proves here at the end of spring that he can actually make it work in the field and can provide some sort of not necessarily value, but he can stand out there. Um, then, then maybe that's the, the way they go, or maybe it's someone like Colin Moran. I don't know. Uh, the, the options here are not great. And I'm not going to sell it to you guys as it's great. I think the Mariners need to go outside of the organization here, even if more is going to come back in two to four weeks, because let's be real about it. The Mariners are still short of a bat, <laughs> whether Dylan Moore got hurt or not, they were still short of a bat. So look, I know that Isaiah kind falefa is not exciting and he, and New York absolutely hates him. I'm talking about the fan base. Uh, maybe the Yankees also hate him. I don't know. Uh, but that's a guy that can at least uh, play several positions for you and may have some sort of upside in the bat. And I mean, he's at least someone that's performed at the major league level, whereas Mason McCoy hasn't even played a single day at the major league level. I would rather bet on Isaiah Connor Falefa. Now, is that worth trading Chris Flexen and trading away some uh, starting depth for that player? That's a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't know if that's what it's going to cost. We don't know if that's going to cost either, right? But that's the but, guy that we've talked about with with him. Uh, you know what? Specifically, I think we're overlooking the bigger point, though. Why are we willing to settle for a bench that includes Tommy Listella, Dylan Moore, you know, Sam Hack? Why? Why is that okay? Right? right. Like, why are we not trying to max? Kike Hernandez spent like four years on the Dodgers bench, right. and he would have started for twenty nine other teams. Like, why are we settling? Like. Like even if Dylan Moore was healthy, like why are we just like, oh yeah, sure, no, we'll roll with Colin Moran and and Sam Haggerty as the sure. last two guys on our bench. Why? Right. What? Why not continue to go? And by the way, the Mariners are looking; they're just not going to make a desperate like trade, right? You know, what I mean, they're not going. They're to, always looking, right? They're always yeah. looking to add and improve. But 
So forget like, what do you do? Do you have to go replace Dylan Moore outside the org? I, I would say yes, but also like, why not go try and replace Sam Haggerty? Why why are, why are we so dead set on Haggerty being on the opening day roster mm. when he makes a lot of sense in AAA? Why are we so dead set on if Listell is healthy? He has to make it. Go get Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who's essentially right-handed J.P. Crawford. We all like J.P., so why wouldn't you like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa? Um, you know, a couple other names that have been thrown around that I don't think are going to get moved before the season starts, but Nicky Lopez. I was literally yeah. about to say Nicky Lopez. Yeah, yeah. he's... He can't hit. I don't know if he can hit or yeah. not. It, it was really bad last year, but the year before he was like a five six one player, defense and base running. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Nick Madrigal with the Cubs. Maybe right. he's available. Not a lot of power there, but yeah. second base only. But maybe a Patrick Wisdom or someone like that. Yeah, if we want to stick somebody, with the Cubs. Yeah, sure. Maybe there's a couple guys out there like that. But ultimately, I do think they're going to stay in house. I think Mason McCoy is probably the favorite at this stage. Mm-hmm. I think that's a mistake um, because I'm not as willing as apparently a lot of other people are of saying like, Oh yeah. JP Crawford's over his shoulder thing. He's going to be fine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we're, we're willing to make that call right now. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's the, that's the scary thing, man. Cause they said, they said the word soggy and he's playing shortstop. Today. If, if, if anyone is familiar with Drew Smiley, we all know what that means, right? He's playing shortstop today, but even if he makes it out of today, okay. How's he going to feel tomorrow? How's he going to feel in three what if days? It flares like, up again. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. A, that's the thing, right? Like maybe it is a minor thing, but it, it, but it's possible that it could flare up again and you need to have some sort of safeguard in place here. That's better than Mason McCoy. Yeah. You are playing a dangerous game of blackjack where if you lose Mason McCoy is your opening day shortstop disaster. Mike Marjorie. That's a disaster. So yeah, yeah, they should go outside the org to fix it, but I don't think they will. Agreed on both fronts. Yeah. That's uh, and it's, disappointing because again mm-hmm. like even if demo was healthy you should still go out and get a bat <laughs> whether that's to replace sam haggerty or whether that's whatever right? why are we assuming that that dylan moore and isaiah kiner falefa can't exist on the same roster together yeah like, i'm not even asking to go get ian happ right now i'm asking for freaking isaiah kiner falefa yeah who <laughs> may or may not cost chris Foxen, right like we don't even know yeah, it we, might we just don't, we don't know. it might cost you know a jake shiner type of prospect to go land isaiah kiner falefa for all we know who knows i mean i don't know maybe it even maybe it cost travis coon and and Bobby bombs. I don't know. Like you wouldn't be thrilled with that, but you're not, you're not, you know, throwing shade at Jerry DePoto for trading those two guys for mm. a bench bat or a bench piece. Well, that could help don't, you and don't, play multiple don't positions. tempt Mariners Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Deloach for Isaiah kind of fire DePoto. He's <laughs> lost it. So we'll see, but yeah. no, I, I, I don't expect them to, to make any outside moves, unfortunately. All right, we're going to wrap up with a few more questions in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba 
and you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. Let's get back into these questions here, Colby. This one comes from Trevon. Uh, do you agree with the Mariners' approach to essentially making JP's spot at shortstop this offseason untouchable? Seems like they're sacrificing even entertaining other options with him and Marco because of their contracts. I don't think that's what they did. I don't think that's I reject the premise of the question. Yeah. Uh, I don't like, let's just get this out of the way. I don't think they did that. I think I believe wholeheartedly that they did check in on Trey Turner and Carlos Correa and Dansby Swans, all those guys. And then they just, they decided that that cost was too prohibitive mm-hmm. for them, particularly in terms of the years, not really the dollar amount, but the, the years that were given out to these guys. And they decided, look, our, our best way to upgrade our middle infield after that is to target a second baseman and to target someone like Colton Wong. You know, because think about it. What other shortstop, aside from the big four, moved teams this offseason? Like a noteworthy, like a like a, a guy like a Colton Wong, like the Colton Wong equivalent of shortstops. Who was that that moved this offseason? I can't think of anyone. So after those big four guys, I think your best option was to keep JP at short and acquire someone like Wong. And I think they were fully open to the possibility of acquiring one of these big time shortstops mm-hmm. if it made sense for them and then move JP over to second or move on from JP and acquire Colton Wong still. Who knows? But yeah. yeah. JP's roster spot wasn't 100% safe entering the offseason. It became 100% safe once the market for those guys got out of hand. I mean, I think people forget like we th- we, we thought Turner would probably get 300 million, maybe 250 and, and 10 or something like that. Uh, he got what 12 years, 13, uh, I think. 13. Yeah. Like they, the Mariners were never going to do that. They're not going to give 11 years to Xander Bogarts. They're not, you know, they weren't going to be comfortable giving Correa, even the contract he got. Remember they have to beat that contract. They can't just offer it. They have to beat it. Minnesota has the advantage there and he has serious health issues. His ankle right. is a real it, thing. Well, yeah. And that's the thing too, right? In the context of Correa, yeah, Correa didn't sign one of those massive deals he still got broken off don't sure don't get me wrong but like he didn't sign a, a trey turner-esque deal but that was after two other deals had fallen through because of health mm-hmm. concerns and really the only team that was comfortable giving him that contract and the money that they that the twins did was the twins the team that he last played for the team right. that knows his health history the best mm-hmm. so that's a very particular situation and after that you know it was the giants massively overpaying for him Right. Uh, in terms of the years, at least. And then the, the Mets trying to strike and the Mets are you know one of the premier franchises right now and, in baseball and right. are spending all this money. They're very exciting. Correa's so best friend is on the team. Like, right. yeah, like they're, they're, the context of that matters very mm-hmm. much so here. Uh, the, I don't think that was ever a possibility for the Mariners. No, none of those guys were. And even Dansby Swanson, if you want to, you want to, you know, be pie in the sky and think Dansby Swanson, his wife plays for the professional soccer team in Chicago. Like, so and he how told much... a story in the press conference about how he felt like he owed it to his grandfather, I believe, to go back and play for the Cubs too, and all this. Right? Like, yeah. Like, you just weren't going to get any of those guys. So I do think they tried. I do think they were very interested in Trey Turner. I just think the number got way out of hand really early, and they just decided to move on. And they should. You shouldn't right. just. I have to get this guy no matter what. That's stupid. That's what stupid teams do. The yeah. Mariners aren't stupid. So I, I reject the premise of the question. I don't think that. JP's spot was untouchable and they weren't interested in the shortstops. I think they were. I just think that it didn't work out. 
All right, let me try to find my spot here. Yes, this is where we were. All right, Ryan uh, asks, uh, thoughts on extending Eugenio Suarez? We had the Seager era and DJ Peterson draft a decade, uh, decade ago, but I can't remember any exciting prospects coming up at third base and don't see one now. Uh, no. no, you don't need to because Gino's still under contract through 2025. Uh, that's a club option in 2025. You don't need to do that right now. You don't even need to nope. think about that. That's a conversation to have a year and a half from now. At, at the earliest really so no um next question here comes from joe if jared kelnick stays hot into the regular season would you feel comfortable if the mariners hit him second behind julio seems like they could be thinking about it since they are hitting him up in the order in spring training i don't think that matters uh, a ton for opening day as far as that's concerned but yeah if it gets to a point where jared kelnick proves that he's like your second best hitter or one of your top three hitters and sure but like i don't think that's going to happen let me, so let me put it this way all right if jared kelnick is the second best hitter at any point this year things have either gone horribly horribly wrong or you're winning the world series those <laughs> yeah. are the only two scenarios yeah. where jared kelnick is your second best hitter yeah so I'm hoping it's the latter, but I, I do no, I, I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon. Uh, mainly because why would you put that pressure on, on Jared Kelnick right away? Like if he, if we get into the all-star break and he's hitting 270, 350, 500. Sure. Yeah. At that yeah. point, it's pretty much done. Mm. Um, but no, early in the year, he's going to hit seven, eight, nine, maybe six every once in a while. And then mm -hmm. they'll slowly gradually move them up. They did the same thing with Julio last year. Remember Julio started the year hitting, I think seventh. Yeah. I think he was, yeah. He was hitting behind Jared Kelnick actually. Yeah. So, and then yeah. it took a while. It wasn't until like June that he really started to, to hit, you know, lead off and in, in, in the top three. So, mm -hmm. um, no, I, I don't think that should be the plan. I don't think that they'll consider it for a while at least, mm -hmm. but it's not impossible that he does get some at bats in, in the two hole this year. I just think that, most of his at bats, even if he has like a really good, like exciting year, are going to come six, seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that range. So, All right. yeah, if if he performs, or maybe if he's not necessarily the second best hitter on the team, but they feel like his skill set um, adds something to the you know near to the top of the lineup, then sure, I'm mm. I'm not against it. Go but play some matchups once in a while. But yeah, yeah, I'm not against it. But uh, I don't I don't foresee that happening here for I, for quite some time. Yeah, I don't see any scenario where I am loving the idea of taking extra at-bats away from Teoscar Hernandez and right. Ty France in favor of Jared Kelnick. Would right. love to be wrong. I just don't see it. Right. But I, I wouldn't say, I would say it's not a 0% chance that it happens at some point. Sure, just I not mean, very if, high. If, if this is the Jared, like if this is actually Jared Kelnick, the one we're seeing in the spring. Okay. Well, then he's the MVP and he should be getting <laughs> yeah. lead off. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Why stop it too? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But like... I, I, I'm going to assume that there's going to be some regression here once we get into the regular season. So going off of that, I, look, I'm, I'm very hopeful for Jared this year. I, I think that mm -hmm. he's he's set himself up here. You know, again, there's only so much stock you can put into spring performance, but I think he set himself up here for a breakout. Uh, he's built enough confidence for himself to to yep. set that up. Uh, but we'll we'll have to see. And yeah, if he if he does break out here and ends up, you know, basically forcing the Mariners hand on this front. That's great for the Mariners. The Mariners are probably world mm -hmm. series favorites at that point. So, yeah. All right. Next question comes from ham swaggerty 69 thoughts on a Harry Ford transition to third base. I think his profile would fit there nicely. I agree. Uh, think about the eventually. The, yeah. Yeah. Not, not yet. 
you know, you still want to, because like, you don't need to rush him. You don't need him at the major league level anytime soon. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, see how far he can take the catching thing. And mm-hmm. if that doesn't work out or, you know, if the bat just outplays the, the glove and you need to find another spot for him, then sure. Uh, third base is, is definitely a spot that, that he fits really well in, I think, or he profiles yeah. really well in rather, uh, with the strong arm, the athleticism, uh, and obviously the power. Right, the the bat is going to play very well at third base, I believe. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in theory, in theory. But I mean, you don't give up on catching yet because no. if you think he can profile as a third base bat, but he can catch, yeah, that's a, that's the, an MVP candidate. That's yeah, Adley Rutschman. You yeah, know, that's I mean? one like, of the best catchers in all of baseball. Right. So, yeah. no reason to yet. And plus, once you move him off of catcher, it's really hard to put that genie back in the bottle. So you have to be really sure that his catching days are essentially done. Uh, when you make that permanent move. But yeah, I do think he profiles pretty well at third base. All right. Last question here comes from Teddy. Uh, what is the greatest baseball watching food drink combo out there? Ty's going to say hot dog and beer. Yeah. Um, I'm a simple man. I'm a simple yeah. man. All right. Also Tuesday nights at Rogers center, Looney dog nights, $1 hot dogs. Yeah. You get that. You go down to the mill street organic. Uh, I ain't uh, mad at it. <laughs> you go down to the mill street organic uh, booth. You get yourself a Mill Street Organic. They put the lid on, dude. Lit, dude. The lid on a on a, on a on a beer cup at a ballpark is a game changer. It's such a great idea. All right. Well, we call those adult pops because we are a family friendly show. Right. right. Um, yes. <laughs> Sorry, adult beverage. Let me let me go full sure. Dave Sims here. Adult beverage. Right. Right. Um, yeah, it's tough to beat a hot dog at the ballpark. Um, one thing that I at, at spring training, I had a couple pretzels at the ballpark. I really enjoy a good like soft pretzel. Good soft pretzel uh, with just, like the right amount of salt on it. Yes, yeah. you can't go too much. Don't go crazy with it. Yeah. But also, you don't want it to be like completely bare. So, um, I wish they didn't charge nine, guy. I wish they didn't charge nine dollars for the nacho cheese. But, ah, there we go. <laughs> um, for me, like one of my favorite snacks, just like at home snacks, is hard pretzels, and you cut up some cheddar cheese, mm. and you just kind of eat the pretzel and the cheese is almost like a sandwich type of thing. Gotcha. Yeah, it's really good. I love the pretzel cheese combo, so I enjoy that. Um, but I I really don't eat all that much at the ballpark because I'm like cheap essentially <laughs> so i don't want to oh, spend yeah, like 12 dollars yeah. on a coke you know what i mean so yeah i'm only getting the hot dog on the dollar hot dog nights. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i'm only getting the value menu stuff when i'm at mariner games anyways but i think i think just the hot dog and, and like a cold drink is just hard to beat on any ballpark especially, especially in the summer yeah summer night yeah. oh mm. Mm. yeah it just yeah. it's just it's as american as apple pie so Man, i am hungry and thirsty now <laughs> <laughs> there you go so yeah I, I i guess i would i would also answer like the the cold drink of your choice and a, just a really solid hot dog yeah. i think that's just it's just so classic it's so good right um but i probably should try some different things i know that i know that t-mobile has you know really good like fried chicken and mm. obviously they have the the crickets which i will never eat um I'm, they, I'm, they have some i might i might try them Whenever I come out okay. to, for, yeah, science, sure. okay. for science, for <laughs> science, sure. You could put it as a short. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you? Well, I guess you wouldn't know this, but I, let us know in the comments down below. Do you like the garlic fries? Because personally, I don't. I had not, the gar- I had fan. the garlic fries. The garlic fries were a thing before I left Washington, so I oh, had okay. the garlic fries once, and they were they were fine. Now I, 
I'll say this. I'm a bigger fan of garlic now than I was back then. So I might like I just, them more. The but... smell is just kind of what drives us. Like, that, that's you, really not strong. A, you're not big on the garlic smell? Oh, it's oh, a very I, strong I, garlic smell? I, I cook with a lot of garlic, but I don't like the like gotcha. when they like grate it over and you're just like, right. it's sitting there in the middle. It's just kind of like. Ugh. And this has been cooking with Ty and Colby on the Locked On Mariners podcast. The Locked On Cooking Show. <laughs> <laughs> Join us tomorrow for Locked On Breakfast, <laughs> where we answer the age-old question, pancakes versus waffles versus French toast. Uh, and also favorite cereal, Cinnamon Toast mm. Crunch. Oh, God. What? Captain Crunch. That's the worst take I've ever heard. Just the, Captain. Like, like, I'm fine with Captain Crunch. The, the Captain Crunch part is fine, but the, the disgust when I said Cinnamon Toast Crunch, terrible. Terrible. It's not. It's just not number one. That's all I'm saying. Anyways. On that note, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Pathead, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well at Locked On Mariners. And you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategy. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.